It is my pleasure to introduce our speaker this morning. Something wonderful is always happening here. Someone wonderful is here this morning. Our own Mr. Wonderful, Patrick Cameron. Thank you. It does get better than that, by the way, but I know what you meant. I'm listening. You know, as a kid, I used to watch wrestling, and there was a Mr. Wonderful, so as soon as you said that, I saw this guy in a pair of uh, Speedos. <laughs> We're going to have to come up with a different idea around that. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how things trigger us? When Martin's here, I have to tell you a neat thing about Martin. I don't even know if he knows, but I received a call this week uh, from our, our, uh, uh, the committee that's uh, doing our, our, our um, conference in Chicago. Did they talk to you? Yes. Oh, nice. So they called and said, would you speak at the conference, which is wonderful. It's quite a uh, wonderful honor. And, uh, and they said, we're going to have two musicians there this week and for the full week. They'll bring in people throughout the week, but there's going to be two there for the full week. One is Faith Rivera, who's going to be with us on Easter at the Windspear. She's amazing. She's an Emmy award-winning composer and singer and uh, wrote the song Color of Praise. And Sue and Brown just spent some time with her in, in Florida. And the other is Martin Kerr. So Martin. <clears throat> yeah, so it's fun to watch what we do here being called out into the, the larger uh, world. And... <clears throat> I just think it's important to, to uh, honor that and to continue to nurture it. It's consciousness. It's what we speak about all the time. It's consciousness. And really, as much as we'd like our lives to change immediately, because I'm right with you, all the stuff that doesn't work for me anymore, I want it gone now, and yet I know it's not going to go until I extract everything out of it I need to know and put it down. And so that's part of the spiritual, spiritual journey. It's part of the spiritual practice, as I talked about last week. We must develop the capacity and the differentiation of consciousness to understand it's not our roles it is not our identities and yet we get immersed in those and it's difficult to step out of that because when we can, can when we can differentiate we can step back a little bit all of a sudden we realize those are things that we've bought into that are real for us and and touch us deeply but it's not the truth of who and what we are and so we come together and we we do we, we celebrate we have this beautiful music team i was standing out in the hallway listening to them perform it's just it, I know what Reverend Catherine meant when it doesn't get any better than this, but it does. But today, maybe not, if you know what I mean. It's just so sweet and wonderful to be part of all of it and to have, have watched the evolution and continue to be part of the evolution. And so if you, if you ga- gather a bit of that today and you understand the potentiality of it, because I stand before you as a person whose life has been transformed through spiritual practice. This has been my path. It's one path. But wherever you are, you've got to dig in and dig deep. And that's what I know. So with that said... I'd like to invite you. If you'd like to stand and sing a song with me, that'd be hunky-dory. If not, well, stay seated. Seated. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, There's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear. 
For spirit, one spirit is in this very room. In this very room. In this very room. So I invite you to know with me in this moment, we are the we are the ones, and now is the time. And by that I mean that we recognize deeply and beautifully and wonderfully who and what we are. Let us step back from our roles. Let's step back from our identity in the moment. Open ourselves to the possibility and to the understanding that we are the beloved. That which we are seeking, we are seeking with. And so there is no spot where God is not. Everywhere present. Everywhere present and nowhere in particular. And yet when we live intentionally with the clarity and the humility and the grace and the courage and the power and the presence to understand our part to play in all of it that we decide in this moment, in each moment, how we shall be and taking that into every small activity every large activity, whatever it is and spirit knows no large or small but what I know here and now is each moment is a sacred moment if we decide it is so there is no place on this planet more sacred where an ancient, ancient hatred becomes a present day connection of intimacy so let us know that for ourselves this day in our interior let us forgive ourselves for everything this day let us put down any resentment this day anything that restricts this activity within ourselves to forgive ourselves beautifully and wonderfully for it starts with us and as we learn that proficiency we're better able to take it out into the world and forgive others but we have to do it here first it starts at home and so I give thanks this day, planting these seeds for myself, knowing something wonderful and powerful is having its way by means of me. And I know the places for me to act, the places for me to surrender, the places for me to interact powerfully and wonderfully, beautifully. For I live in that wisdom, and I know you do too. For this I give thanks, knowing it is already complete in the mind of the one, and willingness is, activates that for us, for myself. I stand in that divine willingness, knowing... The universe is conspiring in every good way. For this I give thanks, and together we say, and so it is. Thank you. Thanks for standing with me. <clears throat> Today um, uh, is our last week with uh, the Big Leap. And I promised you last week we'd sign the poster. But we'll, we'll sign it. We just won't sign it this week. <laughs> and I've, I apologize. But uh, we've got... Uh, I wanted to make sure when I started out this this month with this book that you're ready because it's about willingness there's the, we started out this month with these three questions from Gay Hendricks book The Big Leap am I willing to increase the amount of time every day that I feel good inside am I willing to increase the amount of time every day I feel good inside willingness am I willing to increase the amount of time that my whole life goes well once again willingness and am I willing to feel good and have my life go well all the time willingness and so wherever we are in the journey whatever needs to happen for us to move into that willingness all it requires is our agreement if we start to, once we step into this divine uh, agreement the universe will take us places we can't even imagine and many times it's very uncomfortable because in order to stand in that with the, as much clarity as we'd like to certain things have to go and the, normally the things that have to go are things that are uncomfortable identities and roles that we've we've, we've adopted now, one of the big challenges for ourselves is that <clears throat> is to learn how to handle more positive energy, success, and love. Or how do we handle more positive energy, success, and love? 
That's a conversation. I was reading the newspaper yesterday, and I put it down. I told Laura, I said, there's nothing but bad news in this thing. I've got to get away from it. But that's the, that is the cultural conditioning. When we talk about the race consciousness, it's really cultural conditioning, and it's reflected in popular culture. And it's not a bad thing. It's just I get to decide whether I'm going to participate in it or not. So, I, you know, I like reading the sports page and, and seeing how the Oilers are doing and all that stuff. How are they doing, by the way? Are they doing pretty good? <laughs> but, you know, this is right and perfect. Whatever it is, consciousness, is, it's, it's, it, all of it is right and perfect. That's right and perfect, whatever it is for these individuals to grow into. I mean, all that, when we step back from it, when we differentiate our investment in it, because really, think about it. Does it really matter to us who wins the Stanley Cup? I shouldn't say that here, but yes. <laughs> okay, well, I can honor that. Doesn't matter to me. I love them all. I just, I celebrate, I, I celebrate excellence wherever I see it. And yet, so, it, so but part of that culture is that, that competition. Who's more conscious? We can do it here. Who's more conscious? Who's more awake? Who's more evolved? Robin, she is. Okay, thank you, Robin. We honor you for that. But it's not about that. It's about it's stepping back and realizing it's all God and expression. It's all good. Your, your good is our good. It's my good. We celebrate it. Have a generous heart. doesn't mean I'm in competition. You, you cannot deny me anything. What is mine Will, will know me by my face. There's a song by Janice Danfield. She sings that. What is mine? What is yours? Will know you by your face. That's what I said last week with David White. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away. Give everything away because what is really yours you can never give away. It's going to come right back to you. There's no denying that. He talks about, I just love David White, the simplicity of living. And it doesn't mean that we have to not have or to, to be poor, but simplicity, to really filter out. Today, I wanted to share a little bit around this idea of, of uh, time. Gay Hendricks talks in his book about Newtonian time versus Einstein time. And Newtonian time is this idea that, the old, that everything's gears. The universe is all these big gears that are spinning and turning, and everything is mechanical, and everything is linear. And that's not the way it works. And Einstein came along, and he talks about in here about taking ownership of time. There was a man that got into a conversation with God, and he said, God, what is, what is 10 million years like for you? And God said, it's a second. He said, wow. And he said, and what is $10 million like for you? And God said, that's a penny. And the man said, well, God, could you give me a penny? <laughs> and God said, sure, just give me a second. It's all relative. It's all relative. An hour, Gay Hendricks says, an hour with your beloved feels like a minute. Isn't it true? When you're doing something that you really love, when you're in an environment that's really alive, the time just, it, it, it speeds up. And yet, he said, a minute on a hot stove feels like an hour. There's a story, a cat, once a cat sits on a hot stove, cat will never sit on a hot stove again. In fact, a cat will never sit on a cold stove again. He, t- he tells a story in this chapter about the, t- the time cop versus the time slacker. And he talks about an employee he had that was late for everything. Late for everything. A lot of times people feel like their demonstrations aren't showing up fast enough. They, you know, got to have it now. Or they're, I've done this affirmative prayer for, for 20 minutes now and nothing's happened. <laughs> And he talks about waiting at an airport for this particular person to pick him up. And after a half an hour, he decided, 
She forgot. She's not coming. Hopped into a cab and went home. And then next day, she came in really upset and uh, said, where were you? And he said, well, I waited a half an hour and figured you forgot, took a cab home. And she said, well, I was only 15 minutes late. And he realized that because he was the boss, that he got to say, he said he thought about it for a few minutes, and finally he just said, you're fired. But he was the time cop, she was the time slacker. And it's not right or wrong, good or bad, it's just who you want to play with. It's, it's gathering your team around you. But for some of us, we feel like, what's 15 minutes? What's 15 minutes? Your pattern is to show up late. Why would you be upset if your demonstrations show up late? I mean, that's how you work with time. He talks about this in taking ownership of time. He talks about that, that the original insight is that we are, a sor- that we are the source of time. Not, it's not out there. It's all relative. As God said, 10 million years is a second. The original insight that we are the source of time, that time is not a pressure from outside, that we can make, it, make as much as we need. It takes only a split second to comprehend. However, it takes a lot of practice to integrate that insight into the practicality of our lives. The main thing is to keep attention. Be on the lookout constantly for complaints about time that come out of your mouth. I thought this was wonderful. When I read this, I thought, wow, I do that all the time. I I allow myself to be a victim to time, and I'll I'll give you some examples of it here in a moment. He says, as you spot them, eliminate them one by one, and you will grow steadily less busy while getting a great deal more done. Now step aside and let you take charge. And here are some examples of how we do this, how we, we volunteer to be victims in this. The idea, that the saying, I wish I had time to stop and chat, but I'm in a hurry. Where did time go? There simply aren't enough hours in the day. If only I'd gotten another hour of sleep. Love to talk, but I've got to run. I have to get to the bank. I don't have time to do that right now. And it goes on and on and on. And so if word, our word is power, and we use these phrases without even thinking, what we're doing is volunteering. We're realizing that time is, is dictating who and what we are. I've talked to more and more people that have said, you know, they were in a situation and they started to affirm that there was enough time to slow things down. And I, this is not a unique situation, but to really understand and, and, and live consciously and intentionally. When I realized reading this, I said, yeah, I use that excuse all the time. I don't have time. I don't think we're going to have time to do this thing. What, what other phrasing can I put around those things? An hour with your beloved feels like a minute. And a minute on a hot stove feels like an hour. Man goes to the doctor and he says, Doc, I, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I'm just not able to get stuff done around the house and at work like I used to. I'm just, I, I don't know what's going on. So the doctor does all these tests, tests his blood, tests everything he can test. And he, he, the doctor finally comes back in about a, six weeks later after he'd done all the tests. He says, I've got to tell you something, buddy. And the guy says, what? What's wrong? He says, uh, you're just lazy. And the guy says, fantastic, can you give me the medical term for that so I can tell my wife about it? <laughs> One of the th- beautiful things he talks about in here with all of this is that when we take ownership of our lives, when we have a situation in our lives that comes up, when we take ownership of it, we say, this is my problem, and I'm here to solve it. Then we don't, we don't fall into, you know, if I had enough time, there's not enough time, there's not, whatever it may be, whatever the exterior stimulus is. But once we start to affirm and take ownership, this is my problem and I'm committed to resolving it. It's powerful. It's powerful. Because what happens when we step into resolving this thing, and you all know this, you come here, you know, we're starting our classes. We, Laura and I just had the, the, the great blessing 
of doing the passive discovery class. I haven't done that class in probably three, four years. And it was wonderful. There are 30, I have 30, over 30 new names I know. And connecting with people and hearing about their situation, where they are. And what I shared with them, you know, I've shared with you, it's, it's not a surprise, but this is not a quick fix. This is not something you step into in two weeks. This isn't a weekend. And those are all good and fine, but this is a way of life. And it, my experience with it has been it's gradual, sequential, and inevitable. And, but it, it requires investment. And I wasn't willing to invest at the level that it was asking me to invest initially. But I grew into that. And I had the nurturing around me that was quite wonderful. And I continue to have the nurturing. And so it could be for a, a season, a reason, or a lifetime that we're here together. For me, this is probably the lifetime. And I found it, and I'm so grateful for my teachers. I'm so grateful for the people that have stepped up in my life and shared with me wherever I was, whatever the painful thing was that was going on in my life or the, you know, the, the spin and euphoria, because they're both ends of the, the, the same spectrum, that, that just could stand and watch me do my thing with great love and, and, and allow me to have my experience. Not tell me what to think, but perhaps there was a more interesting way, a more effective way to think. See, our stuff is so simple, and yet it, it can be such a challenge at times because it's, we'd like it to speed up to take ownership of time. Mastery to learn how to handle more positive energy, success, and love. And it requires the willingness. The willingness. And there are things alive for all of us. There are stories we've had. We've had our hearts broken. We've had plans that have gone in a different direction. And if we realize, if we really step back and differentiate, if we, we step out of that role, we step out of that identity, we understand that all of this is, is divinely ordained in some way, shape, or form. And I think once we realize that the, the paradox of what we do is that we, we do take responsibility. This is my problem that I've come here to solve. I mentioned last week, there's, there's something going on for me that's quite wonderful. I, I feel sort of like... Uh, it just bubbles up. This, you've talked about it so much, all of a sudden it's starting to happen most of the time. And it's, it's quite lovely and wonderful. And, it, and, and for me, part of the, what's inspired in this book is to look in your life and see what's working. And uh, one of my great spiritual practices is to watch my partner, Laura, move around, move around the house, move around the center, and watch her just do her things. And it's, it's, uh, it's, an, it's an eternal moment to watch her when you have someone that is working side by side with you, shoulder to shoulder, and shares the vision, and so it's not just, this is my problem, I'm going to solve it. When things show up, it's, this is our situation, this is our opportunity, this is our problem, we're going to solve this. And in, 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 even within the center here, we have such a wonderful team of people that I have been so bl blessed to be part of. We were coming away from a, a gathering. We were invited to a sort of an open house the other night. And there were probably a sprinkling of people from the center that were there. It was quite wonderful. And uh, on the way home, I told Laura, I said, isn't it wonderful to be part of this community and to have such wonderful people in our lives? I mean, this is, this is divine. But what's happened for me with the, the whole journey is that I'm able to slow down. I'm able to slow down on my own thinking and my own journey and, and have such deep appreciation for it. And those things work. And the more I dwell upon the things that work, the more of that stuff comes into my life. It's interesting. Because I used to be, when I, you know, when I, was, when I got to university, I had, I had no opinion on anything. 
I didn't have any opinion about anything. Politics, nothing. And then I was around all these very bright people, and they all had these great opinions. So I realized, I've got to start having opinions. So I developed all these opinions. And then I got out of university. And I found this. I said, I've got to get rid of all these opinions. Isn't that funny how that works? But if I hadn't developed the opinions, I wouldn't have had anything to work with. I didn't realize how healthy I was until I went to university and developed opinions. I'll never forget thinking of time and the use of time and, and, and really owning it and understanding that it's ours to create. I, uh, my first home I bought in Simi Valley, 1987. And it was a be- I loved the house. I just loved this little house. It was a little bungalow, one story. You don't have basements in California because they have earthquakes. But it was just a 1,200-square-foot, one-story, big backyard. And it had these huge stone pines in the front yard. It had two huge stone pines. You couldn't, I could get about, around about half the base on both of them. And so I brought over this arborist because I wanted to get rid of the trees because nothing would grow. It was all dirt, and I wanted to plant a lawn. I had this vision, and I wanted to have this, this beautiful grass. So. Um, so I said, well, how much to take them down? He says, $1,500. I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. $1,500 to take those two trees down? So I knew a guy with a chainsaw. <laughs> and I figured, you know what? I'm going to just go up there. And, so I'm at the top of these trees. Now I decide I'm going to take them down because $1,500 is way too much money. And I start cutting these trees. And I would say it took me Saturdays and Sundays. I don't even think I went to church, as a matter of fact. Saturdays and Sundays for at least a month to just get the trees, the branches all off. They were huge. And I'm up there and I'm chainsaw and the thing would fall and go by my leg and I'd be, you know, we'd be doing affirmative prayer till. Uh, anyway, I, then I, I cut them down to where I could and I had a yard that was full, 20 feet high of branches from these stone pines and they're, the, they're, they're kind of an evergreen thing so they're really full and rich and it was just massive. You couldn't even see the house from the street behind these, this pile. And I still had to have it stumped. So I, then what I did for the next two months, I would rent a trailer every Saturday and I would load it and I would take trips to the dump. I probably spent $3,000 getting rid of these trees. <laughs> so I realized whenever I'm taking a tree down, I call somebody that knows how to do it. 1500 that's a bargain. <laughs> Let's see, I didn't realize at the time, but that was a lesson. Whenever a tree comes up again, no, no, we don't cut the tree down. There's people that actually do that for a living, that have the equipment and can haul it away and all that stuff. But you'll learn those things as you go along. And to honor oneself and decide where are you going to put your time, where are you going to put your energy. We can do that. We can do that wherever we are. Whether it's a physical task or or a spiritual task or a mental task. Yesterday we had a wonderful gathering. The board and I, we got together and we brought the board members in and we were going through some amazing stuff. There's wonderful things happening here. And we were getting clear about some things that are very, very pivotal for us and what we're being called to step into as a, as a community. And it's wonderful to watch the evolution of it. To be part of this is so wonderful. And we start, we, the, our discussion was around the idea of intentional giving. This is our intentional giving month, and we thank you so much for your continued support and for signing up for that program. Whether you're here or not, we're able to budget. And it's just such a wonderful thing to watch. And it has grown every year. And I, I can't, the only thing I can say is thank you for, for sharing it because as we have more, we'll do more. And that's our, our call and our mission. You know, uh, and, and I know that all of us long to be generous in our hearts. And it's a, so I brought this with you today because this is around the idea of tithing. And tithing is, 
is this idea that seems mechanical for people. It's one-tenth to give. And I'm not even talking about financial here. But I think it's a wonderful thing to plant with you because in order to give from a joyous heart, because that's where tithing is most potent. I say that all the time when I used to teach the five gifts class, the five gifts of abundance. I'd say, if you can't give from a joyous heart, don't give. Because all you're doing is you're, you're that's just the marker. A gift, to give is to give it away. It has to be unconditional, whatever it is. So here's what, but what I know about this is where it can start for us. And you can do this this week. He says, start the flow of giving. This is from the Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity by Reverend Edwin Gaines. Start the flow of, uh, of giving and you will start the flow of supply. Giving has to do with the degree of givingness. It is the acknowledgement that supply is giving out, not gathering in. Okay, we all get that. It's giving away something. Give it away. And giving need not necessarily begin with the giving of anything material. Money or things or giving anything. It may begin with the giving up of something, the giving up of resentment. Are you willing to have, more, have your life work more often in your life? If we can give up the resentment, if we can tie the resentment, let somebody else pick it up. You've done it long enough. You really have. I'm telling, I know this for sure. Somebody's dying to have your resentment. Let them have it. Give it away give it away. If it's really yours, it'll come back. Don't worry about it. <laughs> give up your resentment, your jealousy. Anybody ever experienced jealousy? I don't know, even know what that word means myself, but jealousy and hate. The giving up the desire to get recognition, to get reward, remuneration, gratitude, and cooperation. Simultaneously with this giving up will come the giving of patience, cooperation, love, and forgiveness. So all these things, see, the universe supports a, a, a vacuum. It's going to fill something in. And with this willingness, so for us, many times what needs to happen in order to step into, because next week I got this great, great, I'm going to use the last chapter in this book to launch us into the, the, the month of love. And our book is a Catherine Ponder book around love and relationships. That's powerful stuff. But in order to be in it fully, we have to, we have to, we have to create a space for it. But if we're standing in the resentment, jealousy, and hate, or the need to get recognized, the reward, the remuneration, gratitude, and cooperation, then there's no space for the patience, the cooperation, the love, and forgiveness. And so if you can start tithing there, give that away. It's a precursor. Give it away. Give it away. I, I, I tithe this to the universe. I'm done with this. I put this down. I forgive myself. Because I know what you did. I know what you did. I don't know the details, but I know how you feel about it. It's every good reason as an awake and aware human being on this planet to hold yourself in some disregard because of it. But it serves no one. Extract the lessons from it and tithe it back. You, don't, you, you can't change it. What's done is done. But you can take the memory, just like me with those trees. I will never cut another tree down myself. Because I know my time is too valuable. It didn't honor myself. But when you're, you know when you're buying your first house and it takes every nickel, you borrow $100 from everybody you know just to get the mortgage in place? You know, it took everything. You talk about an act of faith. <sighs> Walking around like that for <laughs> two years. <laughs> yeah, I'll get you paid back. I'll get you paid back. Yeah, 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 yeah. $1,500 for a tree? You've got to be kidding me. There isn't enough. That was in the trance of scarcity. And so I beat myself up. I punished myself. I put myself in harm's way. So happy I got through that in one piece. And I, I extracted the lesson. How many times have we done that? Don't need to cut all the trees now. But we can tithe those things that aren't working for us. There's wonderful things happening here. 
in our community. I'll tell you, what works, to, to have gratitude for what works amplifies. That which we bless increases. That which, which we bless increases. That's why when we give, whatever it is, we give from a joyous heart, it increases and it expands. So I want to share with you something that I think is, is, that, that is important for me to do. And I'm going to uh, be uh, selfish right now. But I want, to, I want to invite everybody that's, uh, all our practitioners, all our volunteers, all our board members who are here, anyone that is in service to this community, I'm going to invite you. You musicians all got to stand up too because I have a little something I want to read to you. And it's about community. It's about, it's about allowing greater good into your life. So would you, would you stand up? And this comes from an idea. When, we, when, we, when we're clear and pristine, we can, let a greater, we can create a greater team around ourselves. I can't do everything, and I don't do everything here. And I have so many wonderful people, volunteers, practitioners, board members, ministers, tech, technical people, all of them. So this is, my, this is what I want to say to you, all of you. You make me better than I am. You multiply my value to others. You enable me to do what I do best. You give me more time. You represent me where I cannot go. You provide community for my enjoyment. You fulfill the desires of my heart. And I cannot thank you enough. So it is. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh.